live from the mysterious mist enshrouded mountaintop fortress that is X and Y Communications Headquarters. You're listening to X and Y on the Fly, the dating podcast with your hosts, Scott and Emily. Hello, everyone. Welcome again to The Big Show. This is Scott McKay. And this is Emily McKay. And guess what, Emily? We're going to talk about something that somehow is a topic that has escaped us. Wow. Even back in the days when we first started X and Y on the fly, we didn't cover this. So it isn't even in the annals, if you will, of our retired shows. We're going to talk about trust. Trust. Wow. That's a big one. I guess because we trust each other, we never really thought about it. But you know what? I'm going to trust that you got this one handled. Well, I'm going to trust you have it handled equally well, or else we don't have much of a show, do we? (laughs) That is true. But we got plenty to say on this topic because trust is so vital to a relationship. And no relationship could survive without it. Well, you know, we see a lot of relationships that don't survive because of trust. And in a way, that's really tragic because what if the people were both actually really trustworthy but it was the inherent lack of trust that killed the relationship. And that could be real or not real. In other words, not trusting somebody doesn't mean that the other person wasn't trustable, but the ability to feel like you can trust them, which could be it could be the feeling of not being able to trust them. And it may not necessarily be the other person's fault. Sometimes it may be the way we're raised and we you know, think that everybody's out there will eventually fail us. Well, that's fair. But I also think a lot of people who are listening to this are immediately thinking, wait a minute, if someone isn't seeming trustworthy to the other partner, that doesn't necessarily mean that partner's crazy. It means there's a red flag somewhere. That's quite often true. I mean, if a guy or a woman seems to be doing things that isn't quite feeling right and you know something's wrong, you're likely correct on that, such as... You know that the the spending isn't coming out right. You know, they're overspending and you can't account for money or you can't account for the time that they just disappear for hours on end, not knowing where they (laughs) went. It's like, is there a special somebody on the side that we don't know about? It could be all kinds of reasons. Yeah. And it's not necessarily like they go missing for an entire week, like in Mad Men. Remember, Don Draper disappeared for like a whole week. (laughs) That's true. That's kind of rare. It's more like somebody disappeared for an hour and they were, you know, that they should have been somewhere and they were not there at all. Like they say they're going to go and pick up a few items at a particular store and you find out later they were nowhere near that part of town at all. They're just gone, missing, no accounting for it. Right. I think if that's a pattern, you start losing trust, don't you? Absolutely. Or you think your husband's at work or boyfriend and the workplace calls. And they go, hey, I know he's not feeling well, but we really need him to come into work. Uh, oops. (laughs) Right, busted. Right. Well, those are great examples of when people might be trusted or not trusted at all. But I have a feeling the deeper issue here is what causes people in relationships to either trust each other or not trust each other. And, you know, that's a good enough of a question to start, but I think it goes in tandem with why in the world would someone get in a relationship with someone they didn't even trust? I mean, is it because they have trust issues and they never trust anybody to begin with or because they're so desperate they're going to hitch up with this person who isn't trustworthy at all? I mean, I guess it could go either way or both ways. 
I think it has to do with the fear of loss or the fear of maybe I'm wrong. What if I'm overanalyzing this and my significant other is actually not doing anything wrong and I'm just thinking I'm crazy? Well, that sounds like you have to trust yourself before you trust someone else. Right. And besides, the person you're trusting or that you would love to trust may be coming up with all kinds of excuses that, you know, kind of sound like they might be legitimate. Right. And I don't think it's necessarily a lack of trust for someone to say, check up on the other person, especially early in a relationship, if they're saying things that sound a little flaky, just to make sure it's actually happening. True. Well, I know like you or I will go to the store and we may be going for, I don't know, two or three items. An hour later, we come home, but we come home with a whole bunch of groceries. Yeah, exactly. Or you went somewhere else or you stopped by and ran another errand. And now that I've known you for so long. <laughs> stopped I, by my friend's house and spent an hour right? or two. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll call you if I haven't seen you for a while and you should have been home. And it's not because I don't trust you. It's because I have genuine positive concern for you. Like, and that's different. Are you safe? Are you okay? Are you still alive? <laughs> right. Well, I don't know if I'd get that dark. But yeah, that's the general sentiment. And going back to what I mentioned earlier, I just don't understand why people who don't trust each other to begin with would even get into a relationship. And, you know, that whole mindset to begin with can come from, you know, not ever having anybody trustworthy in your life your mom and dad, previous relationships, et cetera, et cetera. Or it can come from an unhealthy lack of trust towards anyone and everyone. But see, that's part of being one half of a great relationship, aka being relationship ready, is being willing to trust. Well, trust is such a huge thing because it's not something that's given. It's something that really should be earned. And sometimes we make the mistake of automatically giving it to someone before they're even ready to have it. And some people have been raised thinking all men cheat or all women don't know how to manage finances and so we can't trust her with money. We you know, have to micromanage it. There could be a number of different issues that is related to trust. And because we were raised this way or we have had so many bad experiences that we think, well, you know, I guess this is just part of life. I just have to accept it. Yeah, it sounds like you're trying to strike a balance there. Right. In other words, I'm not going to blindly trust someone because they said, trust me, you know, famous last words, right? But then again, it's not very healthy to have a partner prove they're trustworthy time and time and time again, only for you to still withhold that trust or even blame them for things that aren't happening. Because in that scenario, what happens is the person, the partner feels really not trusted and they start feeling like they're being accused of a crime they did not commit. And that causes all sorts of bitterness. Well, not to mention the stress. Can you imagine every time I left this house, you'd be like, where are you going? Well, how long are you going to be there? You know, and I have to do an accounting for every second of every minute. That would have to be very nerve wracking because women who especially live in these environments and they come home or they're in a, uh, a volatile relationship have to experience this. And then they have to worry, well, if I can't account for every little minute, what's the consequence? That has to be a very stressful, unnatural environment. It's like having a boss who micromanages your entire career. And it have, is stressful. And you have to worry about getting fired every minute. Where's the room for love and joy and fun and togetherness and connection when everything is designed almost like a weapon pointed at you, trying to catch you in something? Man, that's the wrong way to live. 
That is not the way to live, and that's not the way to have a relationship, not a healthy one. No, not at all. And yet a lot of people, because they either fear loss or they're desperate, or they just don't know any other pattern, they've never experienced something more healthy, they'll lapse into that. And next thing you know, they're together by default, not because they chose each other. Brutal. It is very sad. But, you know, in a healthy relationship, it looks a whole lot different than that. I mean, you have people who... You know, they know that they both bring an income and they can, you know, have access to the money together because they know they trust that it won't be, you know, spent on gambling debts or on whatever crazy adventures that they may blow the money on and leaving you destitute what to do next or that they might take off and go cheating on you or what are some other things that would break the trust besides, you know, money and faithfulness? Oh, you know, alcohol, previous addictions, telling a lie when the truth will do. Yeah, that doesn't make sense, does it? Yeah, but a lot of people will still do it. You know, to your point, we hear about couples who have separate bank accounts, separate credit card transactions, uh, sometimes even separate lives. You know, you hear about that amongst high-profile celebrities sometimes. One of them lives in New York and the other in L.A., and they see each other when they see each other. And that gives a lot of wiggle room to not know what's going on in the other person's life at all. Well, what I've heard a lot of people express when they have this setup, this type of relationship, is that they are not trusting that this relationship will last. No, the reason why we have separate bank accounts is because if we ever split up, it makes it so much easier. Well, where's the trust that you're going to be together? Well, that brings up the infamous prenuptial agreement. Is that necessarily an inherent lack of trust right from the front end of a relationship? Or, you know, is it a reasonable instrument to put in place sometimes. Well, you could also see it this way. If I'm not willing to sign a prenup because I feel like you're going to shaft me, then that's also a trust issue. Man, it's just replete with red flags, isn't it? It is. However, if I want to put that trust at ease and make you feel comfortable and know that I'm trustworthy, as long as the prenup was fair, I would have no trouble signing it. Well, that's an interesting point of view. So there's things we can do to help our loved one feel more comfortable and more at ease with trusting us. What are some of those ideas? Okay, well, the first is always be honest. You know, every time you get caught in that lie, it takes a while to rebuild that trust again. So if you're always truthful with one another, even if there's a consequence to go with it, just do it. Just be honest. So in other words, does my butt look big in these jeans? Gets a truthful answer. Well, don't exactly flatter you. You can still be truthful, but be nice in the process. Well, you know, it's interesting because you and I have talked to other couples and even talked publicly on stage with other dating coaches about how we trust each other enough to believe we've chosen each other from many options. And that inspires a lot of trust because we inherently believe the other one isn't going anywhere because they want to be here. You didn't settle for me. I didn't settle for you. So when I give you a truthful statement, It's not because I think you're ugly or there's some hidden agenda or there's something I've never told you that I really feel deep down that's less than flattering. It's because I wouldn't want you to go out looking less than flattered. That would be the equivalent of walking out the bathroom and your girlfriends didn't tell you there's toilet paper stuck to the bottom of your shoe. (laughs) Right, exactly. I mean, if there's something I need to be told, who better to tell me it than my significant other? And basically, if you refuse to tell me that truth when that truth needs to be told, boom. We don't trust each other. That's a lack of trust that I'll be able to take the information you're giving me in stride and do something productive with it. 
because you have a fear of how I'm going to receive that information. So you don't trust me. Well, that goes without saying, but that also goes along with what we said earlier, lying when it's not even necessary to lie. Right. Well, it's only not necessary to lie in that situation if you know that the truth is going to be okay and that the truth will do. It should. It should, as long as you're with someone reasonable who isn't going to bite your head off for it. (laughs) What do you mean I look fat? (laughs) Well, you know, there's a key to trust right there is marrying someone who's reasonable. If they're showing signs of not having a reasonable approach to giving and receiving truth or expressing or reserving trust, well, then where do we go from there? The answer is a big fat nowhere. That's awful scary, isn't it? Well, I mean, of course it is. And yet so many people are jealous. I'm afraid you're going to cheat on me. I fear this. I fear you're going to leave. And that lack of trust is based on their own inherent fear and insecurities. And that ends up being, well, projected onto the other person. And that's not an environment where trust is going to be achieved, right? That's also assuming that the guy or the girl hasn't done anything that would merit unfaithfulness or lack of trust. That's just based on the person inherent and inability to feel safe. Yeah, there goes the balance again. I mean, I don't want to be naive. I don't want to be this optimistic, generous person who falls into the hands of someone who really wants to manipulate them and take advantage of that situation. And, you know, we've talked about optimism and generosity being the key cornerstones to a healthy relationship. But the caveat, as always, is you have to find someone else who is also optimistic and generous. And then you have that happy relationship together. Now, see, the optimism is a great environment in which to sow the seeds of trust. Because if I'm always thinking good thoughts about you, if my assumptions are positive assumptions instead of negative assumptions, and you're doing the same thing, then it's going to be easier to find reasons to trust each other as opposed to searching for reasons to distrust each other. And as long as that trust is honored over time, that trust is built over time. And that goes along with doing other things to help provide that trusting environment, such as when I'm leaving the house, what I do? I usually tell you what my what my day is going to look like. I'm going to go here and there, and this is about how much time it's going to take. I'll be home around this or that time. And of course, that, that also goes with saying, you already know me well enough to know that when I go to these places, how long I'm going to take anyway. Well, that's <laughs> generous of you too, because you're taking care of my feelings. And I would take care of your feelings. If I grab the keys and I go out the door, generally I'll tell you where I'm going and I'm telling the truth. And if I'm not going to come home, return in a reasonable amount of time, I will tell you what came up or what's going on. And that's not because I feel like I'm beholden to you or you got me by the balls or anything like that. It isn't being pee-whipped. It's just simple courtesy. It's not because I have to. Yes. Yes, exactly. It's not because I have to. It's because I want to because I like you. I respect you. I don't want you to worry. And you reciprocate. You give me the same courtesies. And because there's not an uneven playing field there, because we play by the same guidelines. I almost said rules, but what I mean is (laughs) guidelines, right? Nothing's imposed here. It's purely voluntary. Because I play by those guidelines, nobody feels like they have the upper hand or the lower hand. It's just never a contest. It's never a matter of a power play or a contest of wills. 
it's you and I simply being good to each other, which is how couples should be in a relationship that works. We want to provide safety and security. And you've always said it doesn't just apply to the men or to the females. It applies to everybody because I want you to feel safe and secure with me and vice versa. For example, not only when I leave the house do I do that, but I also provide you with my codes to my phone. You know how to access my phone when you need to or my computer. Nothing is a secret. I don't hold anything away from you. Right. And weirdly enough, even though you'll let me dig into your phone or dig into your computer, you I usually do. don't. Right. <laughs> I mean, hell, you don't even listen to my podcasts. You don't even listen to these podcasts that we produce together. I'll get emails from guys going, does your wife know you said that on that podcast? And I'll respond, no, but it's not like I'm keeping it from her. She's welcome to go listen to it anytime she wants. And frankly, if she heard it, she wouldn't have cared. Why? Wait for it. She trusts me. That's right. Right. Going along with that, in case anyone who's listening to this doesn't know, including some of the ladies who may be listening on the X and Y on the fly feed. I have been doing infield coaching with men for well over a decade now. And what this means is guys come here to San Antonio. I go out with them and teach them how to be attractive to women, how to talk to women, and how to make women love them back, how to be charming. And you have had friends say to you, how can you let your husband do that? <laughs> I do get that asked quite a bit. It's because I trust you. I know you're not going to leave. You picked me. And if you ever wanted to leave, I'd be okay because there will always be somebody in this world who will fall in love with me. I feel safe and secure with who I am. I also know that you're not going to leave me because we love and cherish each other dearly. Now, see, someone cringed when they heard that, listening to this, going, wow, man, that's some stone-cold language to be throwing around with your husband sitting right there. <laughs> but the thing is, I know he's not leaving. He being me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who are you talking to here? I'm talking to our audience. Right. I, I know that you're not going to leave me. Yeah. <laughs> no, but the funny thing is, the interesting thing about that is, is I'm on record as saying the same thing. If a guy ever comes along and manages to lure you away from me successfully, I'll buy him a beer and shake his hand. And I'll also be on Match.com tomorrow morning. But see, the reason why you and I can talk so glibly about this is because we don't fear it's going to happen. I have no desire to be with anybody else other than you and vice versa. Well, yeah. And you trust that and I trust that. Both of us together in equal measure. As a matter of fact, when I go out in field with guys, sometimes you've come along and helped. Absolutely. You're a pretty darn good pickup artist, by the way. And you <laughs> can get you. women to talk to us. It's amazing. I know. I'm a great wing girl. You are. Some guys are really amazed by that. I don't know why they should be. You're very social. But even if it's the guy and I going out together and you don't join us, what happens is invariably we go out for a nice dinner afterwards and you do join us every time. And sometimes guys are like, well, I don't know if I want to share this story or not, because you're going, hey, tell us what happened today. And I'll go ahead and spill the beans. And the guy looks at me with eyes as big as saucers because I just shared what we did to help this woman like us and the jokes I was cracking and me talking to her and getting her to like us. And basically, you'll erupt in a giggle and validate it and say, hey, that must have been great. Scott must have taught you a lot today. And the guy immediately takes a deep breath and calms down and goes, wow, you two really do trust each other. You know, it's because I'm not going anywhere. You're my favorite woman ever. And I've even overheard you talking to people about how proud you are that women like me. I mean, why would you want to be with a guy who was repulsive to other women and wasn't charming to other women? 
I mean, I don't mind when we go places and I leave for a second and another guy chats you up because I like being married to a desirable woman. It's actually kind of nice. Well, if you think about it, it would be kind of like driving a car. You know, you can have one that's run down with rust and it's barely able to make it to your, down the street right. versus having one that is this amazing sports car that's red that just everybody stares at it and drools and wishes they could have that. Yeah, you have a don't laugh, it's paid for sticker on the back <laughs> your, on your wife's backside. Right. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, at least nobody's going to steal it because it's such a wreck. Man, what a horrible way to go through a relationship. What a horrible cure for lack of trust. Well, some people pick their significant other because of that, because they know if they pick somebody ugly or unattractive, that maybe that will be a safe way of not being left alone. Or left alone. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. They're not going to leave you because nobody's going to want them. You know, one of the things I think has to be said here is why we trust each other. And as potentially obnoxious as this podcast has sounded for the last five minutes, it's not like we're standing on a pedestal here going, oh, we're better than you. We know how to trust better. We're both more trustworthy people. Now we're both normal individuals. I think the crux of the matter lies in the fact of what we call getting each other, being connectable. I've talked about on this show time and again how guys will call me and say, hey, you know, my wife, my girlfriend of six months or six years said this to me last night. What did she mean by that? And I'll always respond the same way. Well, did you ask her? And they cringe. Oh, my God. No, I could never do that. Why? Because you're afraid of what might come out of her mouth. You're afraid of the reaction you might get from her, which only points to one thing. The two of you have not connected. You don't know what's going on in either of your respective heads. Therefore, you're scared of what you might find out if you go digging. The trust broke the communication. You're not able to communicate because you have no trust with each other. Right. In other words, the lack of trust caused the communication to be broken. Exactly, because you're afraid that if you actually have a real, genuine conversation, that it would end up in a breakup or something disastrous would happen because of it. There goes the insecurity again. There goes the personal problems that contribute to us not wanting to trust. Or, you know, maybe we do want to trust. We just can't because... We're so fearful. We fear the loss. Right. The fear of having a conversation of whether we should have kids. The fear of having a conversation about maybe we should move or change jobs. There's all kinds of fear that might keep us from having important conversations that have to be done. Otherwise, bad things happen. So there's a risk-reward there. Exactly. I mean, I have to risk the pain of finding out you're not compatible with me early on and, you know, losing you or deciding we shouldn't be together. The fear of loss. Right. There you go again. But the reward lies. Why are we using the word lies? (laughs) (laughs) Why why are we using the word lies in a trust conversation? Well, one is the opposite of the other. But the reward, for sure, is in finding out the two of you really do think alike about the same things. Where to go on vacation. What kind of food to eat. What God to pray to. Uh who you voted for, how you feel about all sorts of things, how you want to raise children. Do you want to have children? You know, what do you like to do for fun? And the more you feel like you're on the same page, the more you'll feel like you've known each other for years and years and years, even if it's only been hours or days. And it all starts with that willingness to be vulnerably transparent in the best way possible. And you know what it comes down to, Emily, is options. 
people who feel like they're popular with members of the other gender tend to throw things on the table quickly. I mean, online, these people want to move to the phone quickly. They want to meet quickly because they don't want to fool themselves into wasting time with someone who ultimately isn't going to be right for them. They've got too many other things to do. They're too busy. Life's too short anyway to be wasting it that way. Right. It's only people who feel like, man, if I don't get this person locked in to a relationship, I may never get another chance again, and then I'll die alone. And it's just this fear, uncertainty, and doom that looms over a person like that when they're living such a life. And you know what? Like we alluded to, even if they do get this person, quote unquote, locked in, if it's the wrong person and they don't trust them, it's a lifetime of misery. miserable. You know, I just said this to someone else the other day. I would rank these factors in the following order from lowest to highest. Being in a miserable, unhappy, untrusting relationship, being alone, and being in a happy relationship where you trust each other. I'd rather be alone than be in a miserable relationship. Oh, I would any day. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But that factor of actually understanding each other, getting in each other's heads and being pleased with what you find is a huge, huge element. It, to me, is the third leg of that three-legged stool, the third pillar, if you will, of a great relationship, along with the aforementioned optimism and generosity. Well, imagine the peace that would come over of having that kind of relationship, not feeling stress or the worries, the anxieties, the pain, and the just the awful feeling and the heavy weight on your shoulders of fearing that at any minute you're going to realize you're not compatible or he or she's going to leave because they'll realize that you're not the right person for them. When you're with someone who you think has one leg out waiting to find somebody better than you, that's no peace there. There's no peace. Trying to find the right person that you can connect with and live harmonious with because you have so much in common That is the peace of mind and the life that you really should strive for. Yes, the only life to live. And with that, I want to go ahead and issue a challenge to everybody out there. If you're still looking for this kind of relationship in your life, get a hold of us. Contact us. If you're a woman, go to scottandemily.com front slash podcast. Click on the button in the upper right-hand corner and talk to us free for 25 minutes. And let's get this part of your life handled. And guys, if you go to mountaintoppodcast.com and similarly click the red button in the upper right-hand corner, you can get on my calendar free for 25 minutes and let's get this turned around for you. If you're in a relationship that you believe isn't experiencing the level of trust it should be, you can also contact us, right, Emily? Absolutely. And it'd be worth your time to do so. Yes. Fantastic. Because listen, both you and I have been in relationships that were not characterized by a high level of trust. And now you and I are in a relationship where we trust each other. It's wonderful. That's right. I don't think I would go back. A trusting relationship. It is actually something that will bring you happiness in life. Yes. And you know what? Not only that, it's really like the cement of a relationship. It will hold it together even in tough times. You know, we know lots of people who are extremely wealthy and because they're in a terrible relationship, they're not happy. And we similarly know people who don't have all the money in the world, but they have a great relationship and they always seem to be content and happy. And I think that can't be underscored enough. You know, a lot of guys out there see a woman and she's the hottest, sexiest woman who they've ever seen. But if they can't connect with her, 
if they don't get each other, they're not going to trust each other. And ultimately, it's not going to be a happy relationship. A lot of women will find a guy who's got a great job, maybe lots of money. She feels like he can give her security. And when they don't connect and when they don't get each other, same thing. That's so sad because those things can be fixed. Yes, they absolutely and surely can be fixed. And of course, as always, the best way to not ever have to fix a situation like that is not to get in one to begin with. And I think that thought is probably a good one to close this show on. Sounds wonderful. I've been having fun talking about this. Yes, me too. And remember, ladies and gentlemen, to visit us at scottandemily.com front slash podcast or mountaintoppodcast.com respectively. And until we talk to you again real soon, this is Scott McKay. And I'm Emily McKay. Be good out there. And have fun. You've been listening to the X and Y on the Fly Dating Podcast with Scott and Emily McKay. Copyright 2009 by the X and Y Communications Worldwide Media Casting Network. Be sure to listen to Scott and Emily's other podcasts, including The Chick Whisperer, Dating Cast, and Online Dating Profile Rating all found on iTunes or at x-net-media.com. Also, check out Scott and Emily on the web at www.deservewhatyouwant.com. This is Ed Roy Odom speaking for the X and Y Communications Worldwide Media Casting Network. Be good and have fun.